Yeah, man. TV party tonight! What? TV party tonight! Oh! We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews. Don't want to talk about anything else. We don't want to know. We're dedicated yes. to our favorite shows. Oh, my circuit! Everybody loves your photos! Scary dog! Dancing at Blurred Good evening. You are listening to a Rattledge and Broadcasting Premier Podcast TV party tonight. I'm your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge. And tonight, our favorite show, as it has been in many episodes past, is Looney Tunes Cartoons, brought to you by the good people at Warner Brothers and HBO Max. Tonight, we are up to season four. And in addition to that, we are also talking about their uh, Looney Tunes Cartoons Valentine's Extravaganza. Extravaganza. Interestingly enough that they decided to go with that, even though the three shorts featured do not feature Elmer Fudd. <laughs> that is a uh, interesting note. And of course, uh, joining me once again to do this is Alexis Hanna from Honeysuckle Rose Creations. How do you do, Alexis? Gotta be here. The one and only walking, talking cartoon encyclopedia to the Rattletch and Broadcasting Network. That's why we have you aboard, madam. That's why we have you aboard. Um, everyone has a role. So we were talking before I, I flipped on the quarter, and it's, there's always like a pre-show, like ramble, preamble. And then we're like, okay, we should actually talk about this on the show. But you and I were kind of kicking this back and forth. And it's like, these are fun enough cartoons, but I, but you watch them as I used to watch them. The 22-minute, half-an-hour syndicated sh uh, show where they would put two or three of these on, and then that would be it. And then you'd go about your day. They weren't hour, two, three-hour-long blocks of these. And um, I'm now starting to realize that if four seasons into this, maybe watching them in three hour blocks is not a great idea. I watch the classic Looney Tunes all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I love the fact that HBO Max does have the classic cartoons on there. Several decades of it. There's actually mm -hmm. a ton of classic black and white cartoons that they have featured that I have not seen in millennia. I love watching them. I've constantly got them on in the background noise for mm -hmm. uh, background noise while I'm working, uh, when I'm, uh, you know, doing graphic design, when I'm making jewelry, when I'm trying to write questions for Tripped Up Trivia, plug, plug. But. <sighs> Yeah, this new season, we, we've been talking before about the ups and downs of the Looney Tunes cartoons. And mm -hmm. for the record, when I say Looney Tunes cartoons, we are referring to this new batch. If I just say classic Looney Tunes, we're referring to Termite Terror's golden era of animation. Want to make sure our listeners understand exactly what we're talking about. Yep. And we've been talking for the last uh, three other seasons about what we feel were the strengths of the Looney Tunes cartoons and their weaknesses. And on the third season, we said they were starting to get a lot better. We were noticing improvement. The things that... Yeah, thank you. <laughs> She's got a deer antler. Oh, the things okay. that we said we wanted to see more of, we were seeing more of. We were seeing more variety in locations. We yeah. were seeing them bring in more characters. We said we wanted to see, you know, I understand that obviously Pet Pew and Speedy Gonzalez are never going to see the light of day again. No, but I could do I could do at least two or three more uh, seasons, uh, episodes per season of Cicero. Who Absolutely. The best character they, they got going. Yeah. But... 
this season seems to have backpedaled a little bit. Now, there wasn't any one particular short that I consider... Well, there was one short that I was very unhappy with, but I wouldn't consider it just absolutely horrible. And that would be the Elmer's funeral episode. I know where they were trying to go with that. It was kind of trying to be in the same vein. There's a classic Chuck Jones cartoon which, called The Hype. Which Sorry, one is that one again? Yeah, no, no. I, talk to me about that episode. We don't need to go over, over these in, in order again. I kind of want to have just a general conversation. So which uh, one is this one? Remind me. That is Funeral for a FUD. Uh, Elmer tries to trick Bugs into thinking he killed him so he can get an easy shot at him. But Bugs is on to the gag. So he m pretends that he has fully killed him and holds this big funeral and pretends to be his parents. And Okay, yeah, I vaguely remember that one. I also yeah. remember laughing that much at it. Either the, the one that, and I'm going to let you finish your point, but the one that I thought you were referring to at first was the April Fool's joke, which... <laughs> <laughs> I you finished your point, but we need to come back to that because I could talk about that for at least 20 minutes. Jesus Christ. Fair enough. Well, I felt that they were trying to go after this classic Chuck Jones cartoon called The mm -hmm. Hypochondracat, mm -hmm. in which you have uh, Hubie and Boyd, the mice, mm -hmm. and Claude the cat. And Claude is a hypochondriac, so Hubie and Boyd managed to convince Claude that he's sick, and then that they're going to operate on him, and then that he's accidentally died in... Uh, under the operation or mm -hmm. under the knife so that they could basically get him out of the house and just, you know, have the house to themselves. And it's a very twisted kind of cartoon, but it does still maintain the humor and the lighthearted attitude because Hubie and Boyd never play up like they're grateful that Claude is gone. Mm -hmm. This time we get Bugs pretending to be his, uh, Elmer's mother and father, which does kind of raise the question <laughs> just how stupid is Elmer that he thinks that's his parents. But that talking about how they're very disappointed in Elmer and how he, you know, he was just never that good of a son. It's like, we don't want to see this. It's not funny. So to your point, you, you raised an issue, I think, with the last season. It was the season either it was either the last season or the season before that, uh, where Bugs has always been a icon of positivity. Almost, you know, almost to the point where he he just doesn't recognize what's going on around him at times. It's always like putting a positive spin on things. So mm -hmm. you had brought up at the time Bugs and Witch Hazel's Castle, and he's like, nice decor and all of that. You know, and, and, and he it's not even registering that he's in danger. But exactly. when you, but then fast fast forward to the Egyptian one where he's just complaining incessantly. And it's like this isn't the Bugs Bunny we remember. Now fast forward again to this cartoon, and it's more of what you're talking about there in the sense that they there's an air of, I don't know if it's cynicism or just a misreading of what those old cartoons were by, you know, th these are in the hands of new young hit people working for, you know, Warner Brothers and HBO Max. And obviously they've seen these cartoons, but I'm not sure they ever understood why they're funny. And so it's kind of, um, it's kind of like recopying the Bible and you only you know, and you don't totally understand the language you're copying and translating. And so you just go, ah, it means this. And it's a complete misreading or mistranslation of the Bible verse. Well, kind apparently they here. only apparently they think they can't do a Yosemite Sam cartoon without his first dialogue being, I'm blankety blank Sam, the roughest stuff. It's like seriously, do you notice every cartoon he's in, he <laughs> yes. starts with that? Right. And like, I go back and watch the classic ones and they would just get into it. He didn't need to come out there, you know, like it's a, it's a Shakespearean play. Like I'm Sam, you know, <laughs> it's just bowing to the crowd and <laughs> explaining who he is and, you know, and, and moving on from there. Yeah. I, I, 
I think that is where I've landed with these. My, my kids have less of that kind of an issue because they haven't seen as many of these as I have, didn't grow up with them. Um, so they react somewhat differently. But for me, I just, this is becoming, I think, a theme throughout Hollywood. I think it's worth exploring at least just for a minute. We might be talking about Looney Tunes cartoons, but it's something I see a lot of that because there are so many of these properties that are refreshed and remade and re rehashed, you get you, you get lesser versions of the original. And it's not not my Batman kind of a thing. You know, it's more of you don't you you fail to understand what made this popular in the first place. You're doing your interpretation of why you think it's popular. You think you understand the assignment when you really don't. And then you put the product out there and it misfires wildly. And I think we sort of hit that tipping point with these Looney Tunes cartoons where I don't think they once we once all the hysteria about which which characters are woke and which ones aren't, and which ones are wearing clothes and which ones aren't, you know, or what kind of clothes they're wearing. Once all of that stuff is passed, you just have the material to work with and really examine. You're like, huh, these aren't quite as good as the classic ones I remember. Mm hmm. It really felt that they were straying too much into what they knew were safe cartoons. Yeah. We get an overuse of gags. We get mm -hmm. an overuse of cliches. Uh, we talked in the past about how we liked that they were adding more cartoon characters. We wanted mm -hmm. to see, I mean, Looney Tunes has one of the biggest encyclopedias of characters known to man. I'm not, and again, I understand that there are certain characters that are never going to get used, but we talked in the last one about how they brought in Pete Puma and Petunia Pig and everything. It was just like, yes, we want to see more of those we want to see more callbacks we didn't get that we got one cartoon with pete puma which was kind of disturbing actually that's one where <laughs> pete eats himself it's like let's just it, wrong it, yeah it's really bizarre i mean i think i laughed just because i was so, so surprised but yeah it's it's it was one that was just like huh i i don't know if you people think you know what you're doing here yeah i mean did you even notice there was no wily e. coyote shorts this time I did notice that. Um, so I want to talk about, because it's it's the one short of this that really sticks out in my brain, because, look, I, I watch a lot of Family Guy. I understand the humor in beating a joke to death so hard that it dies and comes back to life because you, you've continued to beat it so much. Like, I get it. It's I, my own humor is that way. So it's not like I, I think that humor is not funny. But they're... I think sometimes you, you it, it's a it's a weapon you have to wield very very daintily very specifically. If you do it all the time or do it in the wrong area, I think you kind of miss the point. Nobody ever got the dead horse joke better than South Park. Yeah, for did sure. you did you see the the Jared from Subway episode yeah. before the controversy? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like, you know, I have AIDS, A-I-D-E-S. Mm. And then he's literally, it's like, look, he's literally over there beating that dead horse. To this day, <laughs> that is like the, I think the funniest thing Trey Parker and Matt Stone have ever come up with. For sure. Um, so this April Fool's joke, yeah. Uh, so Daffy is torturing Porky Pig with as April Fool's jokes. Yes, as he does. We, we get, Once again, but to your point about using the same characters ad nauseum, we get a lot of Porky and Daffy here. Um, the only switch up to this that I, I can say, I was like, oh, okay, at least they're doing something different now. You get some Daffy and Elmer, which uh, which was at least a, a change of pace. But anyway, so Daffy is torturing Porky with different April Fool's jokes. And finally, Porky, had ha you know, having had enough of it, um, Daffy goes too far, blows up the house, and thinks he's killed Porky. And Porky, uh, we'll find out later, has played is playing dead. We think he really is dead, though. Then there's the funeral. 
and Daffy, Daffy throws himself on top of the casket. And then it's this close-up shot of the grave. And then the seasons pass, and they pass, and they pass, and they pass. And like, okay, I was with you for a couple of passes. And then it kept going and going. Until it's like, what, 87 years or something? <laughs> yeah, like almost 100 years later. And then it, it cuts to Daffy, and he's an old man. And I kind of looked at my kids, and, and, and we were all like, well, this got dark in a hurry. I think <laughs> all of us were going really dark. I think a lot of us were going, we know what the punchline is. Yeah. Get to it. Right. They draw, they just one or two passes and you could have made the same joke, you know, like go from day to night, day to night, go from winter to spring once or twice and then stop. And then flash the Daffy is that went on for a good two, three minutes. It felt like it, it, it went on forever. They do the same thing with the one where um, uh, Daffy is caddy to Elmer at a golf tournament and he pops mm -hmm. open a soda when Elmer is telling everyone to be quiet. And I'm just like, just burp. We know what's coming. <laughs> just burp. Just drink and get the belch. You open a soda for a reason. You're going to burp. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that one. Um, to, to, to conclude. So then, uh, of course, then Porky pops out of the grave and yells April Fool's and, and Daffy dies. That should have been the end. Like, I got him, you know, and, and that's all, folks. That's, and that's it. But no, Daffy then has to get up from his get up from the grave and then he has to tear off his costume and he hasn't aged at all. And then they just hug each other and go, oh, aren't we best friends? And then Pork and then, of course, it can't end there. They have to do another beat. He's like, what year are we in anyway? And then you see a spaceship play, uh, fly by or a flying car or whatever it is. And I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> like, you. this is one of those deals where you blew past funny a while ago. You're now, like, into a farm. You're hitting cows. That's how far off the road you are. Like I said, I mean, we only get two shorts with Sylvester, one with Tweety. Mm -hmm. The first short with Sylvester I thought was kind of funny because he goes into a bird aviary. To just try to catch other birds. Right. And that I thought was kind of funny. That got a little mm -hmm. cute. Uh, especially uh, well, the, the bit with the woodpecker. Well, I was going to say, the, well, that whole thing, that all, that leads up to one sight gag, which is um, yeah. Sylvester eating the woodpecker over and over and over again until he realizes he's been, he's had all these cut, holes cut in him, which I kind of laughed at. So um, I'm going to talk about, again, I, I watch this with my kids, which is always a fun perspective. But before I do, let's check in with one of our sponsors here, which is Grammarly. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. They, help, they may help you write better cartoons than this. Grammarly's AI uh, Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors. Improving your vocabulary and suggesting style improvements. So download Grammarly today. Go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. Now, I know there's there's often the conversation of who are Looney Tunes cartoons really meant for? Because, you know, as we've talked about, and as you as historian very well know, these were, um, these were cartoons posted on a reel uh, as part of an entire feature at your 10 cent movie theater back in the day. Uh, so they were, you know, they were meant for a general audience, but a general adult audience. Something, something that was there for, for the adults, but the kids could enjoy too, because it's not like you're going to see a boob come out or anything. You know, there's no harsh language as, as such. Back in the day, there was no concept of, oh, we should make stuff 
for kids. Right. It just didn't exist. Right. You made, you made stuff for a general audience. This is like famously my friends and I talking about the uh, Elmer Fudd <laughs> talking to his dog going, Wova, you're plastered. Because again, <laughs> adults would have found that funny that mm-hmm. the dog was drunk. Um, kids, not so much. But anyway, so, but then they, they syndicated this stuff and it became, we'll, we'll show them during the hours that children watch television. And now it's just sort of believed that the Looney Tunes cartoons are a child thing. And so you, so I watched them with two children, an 11 year old and an almost eight year old. And I can't tell you how much my daughter almost didn't make it to the end of the, of the marathon that we did. Like, and I'm bringing that up for a reason, because I'm wondering if other people are now having this reaction to these where she's like, it's the same thing over and over again. The villains are so this is what you were talking about. The villains in this thing are so stupid. I'm not sympathetic towards them. And the good guys are such assholes, though she didn't use that word. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if your kids curse or not. <laughs> um, the, the, well, the, the I'm going with asshole as a short form of what she was describing, but she she was like, Bugs always wins, but Bugs is a jerk. Daffy always wins, but Daffy's a jerk. And Porky, Elmer Fudd, and Yosemite Sam are so stupid, I can't feel sorry for them. And now I don't know, I'm watching a jerk abuse, abuse a moron. I don't know why I'm watching this. And I was like, that's a valid point to make. Because I never really felt that way about the classic Looney Tunes, that it was jerks abusing morons. Exactly. And that's what this has become. I just want, wanted more of the variety that we have gotten in the last mm-hmm. two seasons. The stuff that we said, yes, you're listening to us. You are listening to what we say you need to improve. Mm-hmm. This was the same gags over and over I wanted more variety. I wanted to see more. I wanted a Wiley and Coyote Roadrunner short. We didn't get Marvin the Martian. We didn't get Tasmanian Devil. Just there mm-hmm. are so many characters. You guys do not have to constantly have Bugs with Elmer or Daffy with Elmer and Porky with Daffy. Th- th- those are the classic combos. I right. get that. But there's so much more you could be doing with this. So think about this. There's a Bugs Bunny and Elmer cartoon with Humphrey Bogart in it. And why is Humphrey Slick Bogart? Slick hair. That's, that is my husband's favorite cartoon, actually. Why'd you hit me in the face with a coconut custard pie with whipped cream? So other than when I hand somebody something and say, Egon, your mucus, the other thing I like to do is your pie, sir. Um, <laughs> whenever I'm handing, like, you're what now? Um, yeah, I love that one. And that why did you hit me in the face with a banana cream pie? Uh, that's funny. Um, I, there's a lot that I've copped from that episode. I guess baby will just have to have a ham sandwich. Well, that is a, that is a phrase bandied about this house a lot. Um, I actually and- had that playing in the background while I was prepping dinner the other night. And when you get to the scene where bug starts dancing <laughs> to the Latin American music, mm-hmm. I'm actually like dancing in the kitchen going, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, just yeah. dancing along with bugs. I love that scene. It's a, you know, <laughs> listen, chubby. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> So the point that I brought that up is what the old classic cartoons used to be really, really good at is drawing in from other places. You know, that's not the that's not the only one where they've had that's the only one they have a Humphrey Bogart, but it's the one that's most memorable to me. But they've had celebrities from other walks of life on a variety of different cartoons. We haven't had one yet. I mean, you don't have to do Space Jam to have LeBron James show up in your cartoon. Like, why can't The Rock 
you know, why can't Dwayne Johnson show up in one of these? Um, you know, whoever I think they're trying to keep them a little more timeless than that. Not to mention, I'm starting to wonder if they're also looking at what Animaniacs is doing and how their style of humor with bringing mm-hmm. in current characters is not going over that well. And I wonder if they're kind of saying, let's not do what is kind of ruining Animaniacs. I mean, You're- can we just sit back and be grateful that they, that Looney Tunes hasn't made a Trump joke yet? I mean, okay, valid argument, but it goes to your point that after a while, you're just doing the same bit over and over and over again. And the classic ones were a little bit better about adding more variety in there. And one of the things that helped with that was, hey, why don't we do a cartoon where we put a celebrity in there? And and again, you don't necessarily, I mean, Humphrey Bogart wasn't a caricature of Humphrey Bogart. He wasn't even really a character in the short. He's he's there to put pressure on Elmer Fudd so that Elmer Fudd can chase Bugs Bunny around, and he only makes two or three different appearances. He he and, activates the plot. He's the plot right. device. Right. So so your point about Animaniacs, while while I I take it as valid, I think where Animaniacs tries to make the short about the celebrity, we're making fun of this celebrity. We are parroting the celebrity. Why not? Again, I'm just going to go with Dwayne Johnson. You know, Dwayne Johnson comes in and says, you know, I I want roast rabbit. <laughs> and now Elmer Fudd has to go get Roast Rabbit, you know, and then, you know, maybe later on when he doesn't do it, he gives him the rock bottom <laughs> through a table, <laughs> something like that. Well, I, don't so know. I want to see more uh, locations. Like for one, do you remember when we, I can't remember which season it was, but we had mm-hmm. um, Bugs was in ancient Rome go up against the Tasmanian devil. Right. That was a good short. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the kind of thing I want to see. I, again, there were, I did like the short that we had Rocky and Muggsy in, even though it was kind of a carbon copy of the classic uh, Bugsy and Muggsy cartoon. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, open up. This is the place. All right, Rabbit, where's Rocky? Where's he hiding? He's on the stove. Oh, he's hiding in the stove, eh? When I turn on the gas, if my pal Rocky was in there, you might, Rabbit. You might. My Irish accent comes and goes in waves. Fine, I'm not gonna make fun of you for that. Um, for that, but um, but even the Rocky and, and Muggsy thing, they're making fun of cop shows of the time when they do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can't get the Looney Tunes riffing on Ocean's Eleven, we can't get you know, the Looney Tunes riffing on like the modern heist film. There's so much, there has so, so much stuff that has happened since the 50s that they could be making fun of. There's so much stuff that's happened since the 80s that they could be making fun of. And they're just dealing with those things. But instead, it's always the same gag over and over and over again. Um, So I don't remember anything else about this season. If there's a couple of other shorts you just want to briefly touch on, we can. Otherwise, I I want to talk about the Valentine's Day show. There's not really that much. Again, a lot of them aren't really... Again, I don't think there's any particularly horrible shorts mm-hmm. um there's no real go- we've also talked in the previous about how they really need to tone down the gross out humor i think the mm-hmm. only time i even squirmed a little bit and unfortunately was the uh opening uh gap or not the opening gap but in the first episode where sylvester pulls porky out through the people by his eye that just <laughs> that was weird you know it's like i don't know maybe it wasn't like gross but it's just it felt kind of forced it's like yeah, so, the but, eyeball, yeah, the eyeball pops right out of the whole thing, so he can get a hold of. It's like what the hell? This one, um, balloon salesman, everything pops. As an interstitial, I don't you want to get too caught up in it, but it was another one where I was like, 
that's just disturbing to watch. This is the one where everything in the, everything in the frame is a balloon. And so Porky, innocently enough, tries to just buy a balloon from a balloon salesman. But every time he goes to interact with it, another balloon pops. And it turns out the salesman pops too. And every you know the whole thing pops. And now it's just a white background. And then Daffy walks in at the end and says something it's sarcastic. It's like you just had to have a balloon, didn't you? Yeah, I was like, like this is some dis- weirdly disturbing imagery from this. So, Little existential dread there. Yeah, so, very much so. Yeah, no, the fact is we know what these guys need to I'm going to adjust my screen here for a second we know what these guys need to do to make the shorts funnier we've mentioned you know at the start of when we started reviewing these seasons what we want to see we started seeing it and it just feels like this season they got lazy it's like guys you yeah. were on the right track you just that's actually a really more. that's actually a really good point like i'm starting to wonder if you know we i think uh i talked to you about like why well, i i, I I feel like they've done it now. We we have these Looney Tunes cartoons. Like I'm good with them just not doing this anymore. They may never stop at this point as long as you know the streaming service needs content. And you know, and this like where I'm going with this is I'm wondering if they've hit a point where this is now they they've now got this down to a science. They can whip these out fast enough, and now HBO Max has new fresh content to to get eyeballs on the streamer. And as Robert and I have talked about ad nauseum, now I'm starting to get to a point where I think the streamers don't care if the quality is any good. They they just want to draw eyeballs. And the people will come check out whatever the new thing is uh, in many cases. And if it's not good, oh, well, it's not good. But you've already spent the time watching. And you'll be back for the next new thing, whatever it is. And, and maybe if it's not this, it'll be something else. But there's not an eye on making sure you put out a quality product anymore. Like this has become very much an exercise in creating widgets is where I'm going, uh, which is kind of a shame because like we've always you and I, at the very least, and other people who watch this show and watch these cartoons have prized this as being one of the best, most fun parts of our culture. And it's been reduced to machine widgets like I'm all I'm all for licensing this stuff on mugs and T-shirts and whatnot. Eh? But uh I, I but the product itself should remain good, and I don't think anyone working on these things really cares anymore. Exactly, it really does feel like the staff and crew were just like, "Eh, toss this here. Mm-hmm. I'll put Elmer here. Put Bugs's hole here. Done." Yep. So, last thing, because uh, we said we were going to talk about it, the Looney Tunes cartoons, Valentine's Extravaganza. We never did the Christmas one, which I'm fine with, but. I put that on for my kids, and I remember them saying at the time it was okay. You know, they had fun with it. So I was curious to see what they were going to do for this Valentine's Day special. And it's uh, it's looks like it's too. It's just basically an extra episode. There's nothing really different about it. It's dark chocolate, and then traffic cop stop, Leadfoot, and then Bunny and the Beast. Uh, so this first one, basically Daffy is hiding. It, Porky is trying. Poor Porky. Like, I've gotten to a point where, like, I'm, I'm where I'm with my kids with just him now. Where I feel so bad for him, it's not fun to see him get tortured anymore. Like, so he's just trying to deliver Valentine's Day chocolates to Petunia, whom he loves, and you know, and Dad, he's like, I want chocolate, and Parker's like, Well, no, this is this is a gift for my beloved, and he's like, Give me chocolate, like literally, just like that too. He, <laughs> like, there's nothing funny about it. That's that's the kind of person who, when you deal with in real life. You want to punch in the throat. 
This short could have been a lot funnier, actually, mm-hmm. if they had cut the opening part where he's trying to seal the chocolate and, and Porky says, no, these are for Petunia. And just had it where Porky's walking down the street with a box mm-hmm. of chocolate, a, a heart box of chocolates, and Daffy just starts stealing the chocolates just because it's Daffy. Right. You know, something kind of similar to the uh, the, the cement dance Mm-hmm. the uh first season that we reviewed yeah. and then we could have had dialogue at the end when they get to the house and you know they're like hi porgy hi it's like i brought some chocolates and she opened up the bin and there's daffy in there but i think it would have been a lot funnier if it just been more daffy is not being malicious he is just being a force of nature that style right. wacky cartoon character who wants chocolate right I mean, but once you chocolate but once you start off with these are for petunia i want chocolate like okay, yeah, you're not a force of nature. You're an asshole. Yeah, and and we're back to jerks molesting morons again. And it's like, ugh, I don't, I don't. That's not fun for me. Like it's meant to be funny, but like this is only funny when you like the characters. I'm not, and I used to love Daffy Duck. Yeah, and I don't like him right now. And that's not a great way to make 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 these cartoons. I don't remember the interstitial uh, traffic cop stop. Which one's this one again? Um. Porky's a cop who stops Daffy, and Daffy mm-hmm. says, "I have a lead foot," and his foot is literally a number two pencil. And oh then he yeah, his Porky's head and draws Daffy's head there, and then it cuts to them having little half Porky, half Daffy kids. Oh god, that's right! I, I, yet again, another example of like horrifying images where. <laughs> Look, someone's gonna listen to that and be like, "Is he like? Did you just not like same-sex marriage?" That's not it at all. <laughs> it's I don't care that it was two versions of Daffy, but it was it was all like the little half Daffy, half Porky children running around. We're not against same-sex marriage. We're against interspecies breeding. I I don't Big even difference. care about. I'm not even caring about that. It, like, but, but could we make them? I don't know. Nice to look at at the very least. Like, this was like when Kermit and Piggy. You know, where, where uh, they've done them, you know, and it's like they flash to the future and it's their children. It's like these half frog, half pig amalgamation horrors. I'm like, ugh, I, this is not yeah, go together to very well. Yeah, family guy joke. <laughs> Kill me! <laughs> right. Yeah, I, uh, swing and miss there, guys. <laughs> so built my, and I think that's when both my kids looked at me and they're like, why do we watch these horror cartoons? Uh, the last one is Bugs comes face to face with an unexpected admirer. I think I had completely tuned out by this point. I don't remember this one. This was an homage to a classic Robert McKimson cartoon called Gorilla My Dreams. Oh, that, that one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Where, but in that classic short, Bugs is pseudo adopted by a <laughs> female gorilla who's upset yeah. that she doesn't have a child. And Bugs. Elvis, look what the baby said. <laughs> there's actually two of those there's mm-hmm. one, there's two of those that they did with the gorillas and it's right. to say one where the one where she just comes across from another one where the stork loses the baby right and he knocks bugs on the head he's like eh, you know distract them while i go find the other kid <laughs> <laughs> right so but that is clearly who um uh, this female gorilla was modeled after mm-hmm. and it did kind of make me laugh on a little bit um it, it was kind of funny some of the times when she's basically torturing bugs he's trying to get us like how about a massage you know <laughs> to get out of kissing and she starts crushing us like no no i give you a massage <laughs> and it's actually kind of funny because he pours oil on her back and then he puts these little brush shoes on and he's skating mm-hmm. on her back and it was like that's 
pseudo adorable actually i kind of like that and yeah there's a couple of parts it's like it, i genuinely laughed at it mm -hmm. and then you find out that the girl is married <laughs> and bugs gets the hell out of there yeah but then he runs into a female godzilla it pulls the flowers out and goes yeah i am on the rebound just again it's like there was something funny there but mm -hmm. it got really pushed down and I think what bugs me the most is that the Christmas shorts and other specials we've seen with these guys, it feels more like those were shorts that were specifically written for that event. Mm -hmm. These three shorts genuinely feel like they were just, they had been written for just standard seasons, one, two, three, whatever. And someone said, oh, hey, we need to do a Valentine's Day thing. Uh, we'll pick the three shorts we've already done that have something close to love in them and we'll put them in that. It, yeah. it really didn't feel, again, this season feels lazy, beyond lazy. And we have seen good stuff out of uh, Warner Brothers, out of HBO Max, out of, these, out of this crew, these directors, these animators, these voice actors. We know they can do better. Yeah, I don't, and I don't know how to fix it, um, to be honest with you. As I was, I was listening to you and sitting here thinking about it, I don't know how to make this better because when you think about where this came from, it was all very organic. It was animators working for Warner Brothers, presumably, and they were just funny guys. And, you know, and they had something like, you think about like the golden age of cartoons, if like Tex Avery, Tex Avery had a genuinely wacky sense of humor. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, he didn't just do Looney Tunes. He went on to do other things as well, and it was the same style. He clearly saw the the world a certain way, and that was reflective in his cartoons. You know, um, I'm sure you you can name drop a couple more of the, you know they had a style, they had a Chuck perspective. Jones, Fris Freeling, Bob Clampett, right. Bob McKinson, Frank Tashlin, yes. Norm McCabe. Right. They all they all worked together um, over the years. They all saw. The, the reasons why the reasons why these were good is that they were genuinely their own creations. They were not going, well, what is what is Walt doing at the studio next door? Let's do some of that. They were actively like, no, no, no. We we have a perspective and we we have a we have something to say with these cartoons. We're going to say them, and they just they resonated with people and they were a big hit. And Bugs Bunny becomes an icon, you know, part of American icon iconography. Um, iconography iconography uh, i say it my way you say tomato um so, what was that, where's that uh, ad for grammarly again it's up here um <laughs> so anyway Looney i may be for a general audience our sure sure as hell is it um hail president screw um anyway. <laughs> i just watched that the other day you know that's uh, free on youtube with ads uh what space balls uh yeah I wouldn't. Yeah, there's. I think I watched Airplane a couple of years ago. It was free on YouTube. Uh, um, anyway, I love Airplane. Airplane is very funny. The point that I was getting to is now, you know, all these generations later, all these years later, you have people who this is their job. You know, like I am a writer. I am an animator and I am hired by this giant, you know, multinational corporation. And this is the gig that they assigned me. And it's like they don't have it. They don't have an angle. They don't have a perspective. This is the job. Their job is to write shorts or animate shorts for this big company and it's you know they want they're doing their best and they want to keep their jobs but this is this is not their passion like it was the people who invented this stuff mm -hmm. and i and and it's never and there's no you can't go back and get them from you can't go back and get tex avery from that era and bring him here nor and nor do i think you can find another tex avery out there and if you do 
he probably doesn't want to do Looney Tunes. He wants to do his own thing. So, um, I mean, we'll keep watching and see if these get any better, but I, I can't imagine. I, I can't imagine we're going to hit this point where it's like, oh, my God, now we really have something to talk about with this. Like, no, here they are again. More Looney Tunes. All right, anything else before we uh, we stop for the evening? No, I think that's it. Like I said, just guys, we know you have better potential. We know you're better than this. We have seen some really good cartoons come out of you guys here in the last few seasons. Just go back to what you had given us originally, please. All right, before we go, before we go into plug plugs, I just want to go ahead and remind everybody that we are giving away a free 30-day trial of Amazon Music. Uh, Amazon Music Unlimited has over uh, 70 million songs that you can stream. If you click the link in our description of this podcast, it is getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network. Again, it's getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network. For your free 30-day trial, give it a shot. Um, You can check out check out all the old uh, orchestral music from the Looney Tunes cartoons that's up there. That's all pretty good stuff. I used to have a whole bunch of those uh, CDs, as a matter of fact, or like a pops orchestra performing a night of Looney Tunes music, which is always fun. And that's all available to you on Amazon Music Unlimited. So click the link, get amazonmusic.com slash W2M network, complete the sign up process, give it a shot for 30 days. And if you don't like it, you can cancel it. No fuss, no muss. All right, I threw up your website. I remember the assignment. Go ahead and talk about it. (laughs) You're so kind. Yes, this is my company, Honeysuckle Rose Creations, where fashion meets fandom at the intersection of geek and chic. Uh, We are getting ready to get back on the road here pretty soon. So excited. Going to be heading to the Lexington Comic and Toy Con in March. It's our first time working that show. Amazon, could you please stop pushing in scented wax? with my stuff from some other company called creations i mean my god <laughs> you know it's like okay i don't know why it's like oh, see, yeah see there, there there's my jewelry and there's my jewelry and there's scented wax <laughs> <laughs> all right our shops are full online. uh to those in the kansas city area be sure to hit up uh level one game shop and mind games and magic our work is currently being sold there uh, we have some new items that are going to be coming out here pretty soon. I'm working on a few more details. None of that is mine. There, there, th- there's three things that are mine there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, wait, let's actually have my shit up there, shall we? <laughs> so, yeah, you can find us. We have shops on uh, Handmade at Amazon, as you can see. We also have shops on Etsy. And you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's Honeysuckle Rose Creations, the intersection of geek and chic um you want to okay so also i'm gonna pitch it back to you you got a trivia coming up yes we do tripped up trivia is going to be recording pretty soon getting ready for our february contest the theme this month is everything the dark knight it's time to talk batman this is of course uh to celebrate the upcoming new batman movie starring robert patterson we are still looking for a few contestants if you're interested in playing if your knowledge of batman movies comics and the classic tv shows if you think you can best us hit us up on facebook or twitter let us know that you want to play so uh you'll hear alexis again uh, i think next uh, two in two weeks i think 
Uh, we've got the Book of Boba Fett, Uncharted, Cuphead, which my kids are really excited about. Like my my son was like, "Have you heard about this new Cuphead show?" And I'm like, "Apparently everyone has, but me." So uh, I will be watching Cuphead with my kids, and we will come back and talk about it. And then you will also be on to talk with me and Jason about Peacemaker. Um, in April, we've got Resident Alien and Pam and Tommy. And then in May, Upload. Uh, plus, I'm sure there'll be a movie here here or there. Um, I don't think I have it on the schedule, but. We'll be talking Turning Red when that hits Disney+. Plus. Uh, so you'll get more of Alexis Haina on those shows. In the meantime, hey, real quick, uh, as we're recording this, so we're streaming to Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. You may have noticed we are not streaming to YouTube, and that is because somebody hacked our account, uploaded a naughty video, we got a community flag, and then we said, hey, that's clearly not us. None of us are teenage girls, as you can plainly see in the hundreds of videos that we have currently on YouTube, and they went, but what if you were, and left the community strike there anyway? So we're banned from YouTube for a week for something we didn't do, which makes me oh so very happy. And so uh, there'll be an audio version of this. Uh, the video will follow in a week or so, or whenever it is they lift the community strike. Um, and that being said, tonight, myself and Jason Teasley will be continuing a look at uh, black cinema for Black History Month. We'll be looking at some 70s black exploitation classics like Coffee with Pam Greer, Superfly, and Blackula, which I think needs to be remade with Jordan Peele directing and producing. Because there's nothing like a couple of middle-aged white guys talking about Blackula. That's right. And Coffee and Superfly. <laughs> um, I am an ally of the black community. Thank you very much. <laughs> So who better than me to hold, hold that flag and carry it forward? Yeah, no one um, better than a man in his 40s living in Florida. Yep, bald-headed white guy living in Florida, working in <laughs> working in correctional institutions. Anyway, um, we also got this week, uh, we did, we started actually the week with two different Shaft shows, one from a few years ago that Sean and I, Sean Comer and I did. We looked at the first 370 Shaft movies. Then Jason and I finished up the Shaft Circle with Shaft 2000 and 2019. Robert and I discussed Moonfall. Last night, the boys and I reviewed Corn. No no blind reacts this time. <laughs> just, just, We just reviewed the album. I we can't also believe Winfrey's still alive after reviewing Moonfall. I was so sure that was going to kill him. Yeah. Um, I was serious when I said I, I'd, I'd bond him out of jail if he burned the theater down. Um uh, we also re-aired today our bat our Sean Comer and I review doing a on trial for Batman v Superman. So now there's two different reviews of the same movie, which I tend not to do, and I really don't like to do for this very reason. But at the time, I think you know, Robert and I's review when it happened was very much like dealing with what was happening in the culture at, at that moment and why everyone was reacting so viscerally to it. Sean and I did more of a re-examination of the movie, like, okay, all this time has passed. Let's go back and look at this now, and does it hold up at all? So it's a different take. Um, also, Sean and I review things differently than Robert and I review things differently. So it's a, just a different perspective, uh, another voice with the, uh, with the same movie. You can compare and contrast if you want. But that's because today, as you're listening to this, the Batman is on sale. Tickets for the Batman, I got mine. I'm taking my kids Friday to a 3 o'clock show at the IMAX theater near me. So uh, we are marking the occasion with our on trial for Batman v Superman, or as we like called it, Batman very Superman. Um, this weekend, continuing our celebration of Black history, Body Count's in the house. We've got a re-airing of our first Body Count uh, album from uh, 
Original Gangsta, Ice T, his thrash metal band. No boxing or wrestling this weekend. Um, no, you know, we, we couldn't live stream to YouTube anyway, even if I wanted to. But after the Super Bowl, we'll be doing a triple feature for National Champions, American Underdog, and We Are Marshall. We'll also have a re-airing of Warcraft. And then we are kicking off Uncharted Week with a source material with uh, Jesse Starcher and Ronnie Adams reviewing the DC comic Uncharted comic book adaptation. All right, so that's it. That's all for me. Thanks, I'm driving. For Alexis Haina, I'm Mark Rattledge. Be well, be safe, and behave.